Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 170 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 31st over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the symmetry. But first, let's run through a quick introduction for those or of those on the show for tonight. Uh, as always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Forgive me, apparently my week has been harder than I thought, and I am hard- finding it problematic to English. Uh, next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well, and hopefully you can communicate a little bit clearer than I can. How has the week treated you so far? I have in my hand a dry dock sour apricot blonde ale brewed with apricot puree. It's been one of those weeks. That was that was a mouthful <laughs> of a drink. Is all I'm like. I'm like. I'm still it's, processing the first so, half of the words okay, that were said. The, com- the, the company is Dry Dock. They have a drink that is called Sour Apricot, and it is a blonde ale brewed with apricot puree. It is not. It's kind of almost a sour, as if you're talking about types of beverages, but it's not quite a sour. Okay. It's it's been a long week. Okay. We'll, that we'll makes just shorten sense. it to that. There okay. we go. <laughs> well, okay. we have also joining us in our in the hot seat as guest co host, we have our good friend Wicked. Wicked, how are you doing? Or Wicked cool. Jester, I guess, technically. Uh yeah. how are you doing this week? Uh been having a pretty good week or a week. Yeah, apparently. I'm gonna be speaking just as well as you are. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think it's <laughs> get the feeling it's that's contagious. been a it's yeah, get the feeling that it's a uh it's a common ailment this week. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been a great week. Uh, I got a lot of good grinding in, uh, prepping for the raid drop and the new content release. Uh, been hanging out with some great people at work, uh, some wonderful people on Discord, and uh, getting some clan mates through their their triumphs. We're trying to. Mm-hmm. Nice. We were so. trying to carry Dwyer through to his Dredgen title tonight, and... We so what he needs left is the ghost shell and the triumph where somebody in the party carries um, their I call it the pack mule triumph. They literally get 75 motes and a gambit match, a single gambit match without dying. Oh my god, Um, they basically turn Cole Hoover mode and 
Yeah. I make Cole do it. Fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, we, I guess we that's. All just yeah. it for. So that's essentially what happens. And um, we just we turn did Cole it. on it. Right. Because, you know, she's the she's the she's exo. The she's got the vacuum. She's the exo but, um, with the most. <laughs> I mean, there's other things I could say that are not okay for this chat. It, but um, we actually did it on the very last match we played uh, tonight. But Dwyer's internet connection kind of <laughs> took a dump. And he got disconnected just as we were going to the, oh, the, no! t- or the final screen. Yeah, so he did not get bad. the credit for it. Oh, no. Like, he survived the entire thing. Like, we did the whole thing. It was great. Cole had, like, 80 motes. Dwyer got kicked. And it's like, oh, Roomba Cole strikes again. Yeah, Roomba. I mean, she mm-hmm. is a Roomba. If you ever watch her play Gambit, what it, what we end up doing is we just go through and shoot everything for her, and she just she doesn't really fire at anything. She just runs around and picks ah. stuff up. You just hear you just hear this like hum hum behind you. It's like what is it? Don't worry, it's just cold. <laughs> just keep going. It's just it's mm-hmm. just a vacuum hum. That, that forest that forest Gump emote that you always see where he's just taking <laughs> off around the corner. That's pretty much Colin again. Yeah, match. it really is. It really is. But like as soon as the the alert happens when an invader pops in, you just see her scatter. She just just clams up real hard. <laughs> it's like nope, I'm out. I'm I don't out. blame her. That's very yeah. similar to me. Oh, oh my gosh! God. But yeah, it's it's been an interesting week. Well, How about your week, Blue? Oh, my yeah. week. So, fun fact with working in financial industries is banking holidays makes it's like you'd think they would make weeks easier, but for oh, some gosh, reason, nope. four four day weeks are always worse than full day weeks. I don't know why it is. It's like right. karma. That's it's like you get a cram more work in. Yeah, it's like well, it's like it's not even that. It's like when we get back for a four day week, they're like, okay, we missed one day, so we have to make it up and do extra. So it's like, why are we trying to mm-hmm. do six days worth of work in four days when we don't normally even try to do five days worth of work in five days? Like this doesn't make sense, guys. But um <laughs> like I just I'm like and it's and it's not like unique to any particular thing because if you talk to anybody who has like federal holidays, it's that's like the number Everywhere. one complaint. Like it's the I just it's so funny that that's yeah. it's this weird mentality switch. Um, but real quick, Wicked, I really wanted to actually mm-hmm. kind of give you a a couple minutes to kind of walk through like where can we find you? You know, do you have any favorite lore in Destiny, and uh, what what kind of mm-hmm. got you into the the lore of Destiny? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit in the top three that will be coming out. Yeah. We just recorded, but will be coming out after. Um, but just for those who might not, who might not have a chance to listen to that. Yeah. Um, as far as where you can find me, I'm on Twitter, Twitch, PlayStation and Xbox, Wicked Jester, uh, W Y K I D J E S T R. Uh, pretty much you can find me on there. Hit me up. I'm, I try to be as available as possible, uh, especially for helping out with individuals. I've actually got one carry that I uh, need to help with as far as the zero hour, uh, just to get him through the mission, and uh, we're waiting for his PlayStation or yeah, his PlayStation Network to get back up. But yeah, yeah, hit me up, send me a message. Uh, I try to get back with everybody as quickly as possible. Um, so it's really friendly, really easy going. Try to be anyway. Just uh, huh. yeah, don't, don't you... mention the, don't mention the FedEx the FedEx Hero. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So the other place you can find him is a lot of the times if I'm streaming or if he's streaming even because he has his own stream as well. Um, we're both in Hydra, 
Wicked is one of my clan mates. So yes, I yep, yep, yep. So if yeah, Hydra. If anybody in Hydra is streaming, most likely Wicked and I are going to be there in some shape or form, whether or not we're just in chat or we're actually gaming with them. Or just trying to be obnoxiously distracting. Yes. That is that is 90% of our job in that in the clan is just <laughs> either wrecking your face in Crucible or just being utterly distracting where you can't breathe and you're snorting. <laughs> Super. Uh, Chad is letting me to inform people that it is super not PG. No, it no, is not no, PG at all. Um, <laughs> if you were a small child, do not come into our streams, mine included, because I am generally not as PG during streams as I am during the show. I can be if I need to be, but it's mature audiences. I have a muzzle on me right now, so that my my maturity is being kept in check. So. <laughs> I may have threatened them. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but what about so? Okay, so for lore though, do you have uh, do you have a fa- so, a lot of people have favorites? What's what's your favorite story? Huh. So it, Green probably <laughs> knows this because it ties back into our uh, our RP days and our the way we met. Uh, my personal favorite is the Shin Mao first storyline. Um, I've been a huge huge fan of it since D1. Uh, literally, the minute the last word came out and the lore about it came out, uh, I've just been pouring over it and analyzing it. And I'll, that was one of the things I always talked to about with Green was uh, as far as the whole shootout between Jaren Ward and Dredgen Yor versus Shin Malfur and Dredgen Yor. The, the fact that you know he didn't raise his gun or it's never mentioned that he raised his gun and yet he had all all this experience. Uh, Jaren was, you know, faster draw. He he never missed. That it was just way too much coincidence. That there had to have been a purpose why he didn't draw it, not just mm-hmm. Shin Malfurt was better than him. And, and lo so and behold, was, <laughs> yep, lo and behold, here it is. Uh, I still have my own theories on it, and th- most of them are more than likely spin foil as far as you know where the rest of that story can go. I just I'm really glad that the writers took it that direction. Um, and gave the man with the golden gun a lot more depth uh, to his character. Gave him, uh, I, I don't want to say a more sinister purpose, but a a dark a darkness to him that makes him a little bit more appealing and relatable. Mm-hmm. Where the common sense kind of comes in instead of just making him this uh, a zealot would probably be one of the closest right. things you can say to him. Yeah. Well, just one one sided one dimension. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, Wicked is actually cosplaying as Shin at GuardianCon this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we, and uh, I'm if putting you together run... a nice little concept. Yeah, and if you run into him in Crucible, um, just be prepared. He likes to actually almost run. If he's running his hunter, he's going to be running last word. So, Always. Um, he's good with it. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> he annoys the piss out of me with it to be honest, because mm-hmm. I'm a shotgunner, mm-hmm. so he shuts me down most of the time. <laughs> it's very annoying. Well, it, it, took, it took me a while to get to that point where I could shut down your shotgun, because you like to be sneaky. Most so, of the time. Yeah, she likes but, to stay off radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then come swooping from above like a hawk. Anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, man. Yeah, but, so that was, that's my favorite one. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, Green, I know... 
you had a, I see you filling in the question. So I know you had a question. <laughs> it was uh, kind of a last minute question, but Twitter has been very on top of it lately. This question has been out a grand total of three hours. <laughs> um, like literally last had, minute. <laughs> it was really, yeah, I was bad this week. Um, this week, this is why I'm drinking a beer. Um, this week's question was, do you believe we need the dark as well as the light to finally rise above our struggles? It's a very kind of open-ended question. And I kind of wanted to see if the community would, would bite essentially as far as would they go on to explain their information or what their thoughts on it. And we mm-hmm. had surprisingly, like I said, Twitter has been on top of it tonight. Um, we had not only 75 votes so far, which is awesome as far as yes and no, but we also had mm-hmm. quite a few um, comments underneath. And so 75% of people said that, yes, we need a, we need to be able to utilize both sides of the coin essentially. And 25% said no. And then we had a few different people, including um, Sagasite who said light and dark are two sides of the same coin. Both are powerful. If we harness the darkness as we do the light, who knows what we could achieve. Um, and there's a lot of basically that same that same feeling. Uh, Angel said the same thing. Uh, Lux mm-hmm. said darkness is just the absence of light, just like how cold is the absence of heat. It's something that we define, even though it doesn't truly exist. Um, in Destiny, I don't know. Technically, we we don't have the quote unquote darkness anymore. In well, some ways, it's not. In some yeah. ways, yeah. In some ways, it's not defined. It's not defined yes. as the darkness mm-hmm. anymore. But um, it's interesting to see that perspective. And I'm curious what you guys, if you guys had anything to say about that as relating it back to real life physics and how heat and um, coldness are basically one is the absence of the other. Do we think that the darkness in some ways could be the absence of light within a, a character or within a creature or that by embracing the darker side that we are limiting our light or having less light wicked. blue or wicked mm. I, don't, I don't know this because this kind of ties in with that whole thing that i brought up to you earlier about the other side comment mm-hmm. um, the first as far as the whole thing about the heat and cold it's not even so much an, a, an absence of it as the only reason that we understand it is because we have the other mm-hmm. and this is what this whole thing about the symmetry is tied around. Um, we know that there's heat because we have felt cold and we, we know there is cold because we have had heat. So they exist because the other exists. So that, and as far as the whole thing with the light and the dark and us needing both, um, I think there are aspects to it uh, in the game and as far as just in life in general, where once you start looking at how you are maintaining how, how society is being held up and like a good, good example that I like to look at is Batman mm-hmm. uh, going back to the whole comics thing. Um, <clears throat> the whole hero we need, but we don't deserve and here we deserve, but we don't need where there's that line that you can't cross if you want to stay on one side, but in order to serve the other side, you have to cross the line. Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Punisher is another one that works that way. The, the anti-hero concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah the anti-hero concept, the, uh, the idea that we can't beat the darkness without using the darkness 
is one that I, I'm still kind of working through on my own as far as whether or not I agree with that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely agree. Me personally, I, I would definitely be a symmetrist if I were a guardian <laughs> as far as just both in game and in life, finding a balance between, you know, being a good guy and being a bad guy. There's, there's good things and bad things to do that kind of balance your life out. Um, particularly uh, being in the military, I kind of relate to that whole balance because there's, there's aspects of our job that's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's things that we have to be prepared to do. It doesn't mean that we have to be bad people and it doesn't mean we have to do evil things or believe in doing evil things or like it. But sometimes bad things happen to people and sometimes it's to serve a better good, a, a greater good. And it just comes down to whether or not you're willing to accept, uh, accept the price on yourself or accept the price on other people for those actions and whether or not you can live with yourself for it. And I think that's what ultimately, as far as it, especially in destiny and in life, it comes down to when it comes to making these kind of decisions uh, with how to balance it. So I don't know if that quite answered what you were going for. But. No, I mean, I think it's a good, <laughs> it's a good kind of introduction and segue into what we're going to be talking about later mm-hmm. and how the symmetrists are, or this, the symmetry, technically, I guess it's just one. Would you yeah. call them the symmetrist, if in plural? Anyway. Well, the followers but, I would refer to as symmetrists, but there is only the symmetry. Because right. it's it's referring to, and I think that's, I, I mean, I agree, really, I, I actually agree with Wicked. Um, you know, it's, I would argue from, it, it, it depends on what your definition of the darkness, when you say that, is, mm-hmm. is that a, is that a physical manifestation of energy or is that a moral manifestation of intent? Because mm-hmm. given your, your uh, definition, then that's going to very drastically change my answer. Uh, because as far as the physical component of the, the concept of light as power or light as life force, you know, yes, I think that Mm -hmm. harnessing darkness would just be a natural, uh, progression, evolution, whatever you want to call it. But if you're talking about like a moral component, um, then I think I would actually kind of double down on the fact that if you are to say that you are going to embrace darkness, then you are not actually defeating darkness. You're furthering darkness. Um, well, well, it's the, but if you're working on balancing the two out, because yeah, right now we see, have from, an, a, from on, a moral, from a moral standpoint though, you, it's not, I, I, you can't take a moral high road and then say that you're going to subject yourself to the low road at the same time. It's not taking a moral high road though, necessarily. It's the, because you're not taking a moral high road to defeat something per se, right? D- to defeat something is not a morally just thing in and of itself. But if you are, and I know we're going to talk about this as mm-hmm. we get further mm-hmm. into it, but I might as well mm-hmm. kind of dive into it a bit now. If you have a certain amount of light and dark in the universe, and that, and it becomes out of out of balance, one becomes more than the other. The whole thought behind the the symmetry is that the the scales must balance their, themselves somehow. So if the light becomes too powerful, the dark shows up more. Um, ironically, it's one of those things where power attracts power kind mm-hmm. of thing in game. But the other well, thing you can think about if... Oh, sorry, go, go, go. Um, The other thing you can think about, though, is if you take on 
utilizing the dark within yourself and finding a, a balance within yourself, you're taking from both sides and managing it within a single entity rather than having a strict one side and a strict other side. And granted, every every creature in Destiny has a mixture of two, except for a few races. Obviously, those races are purely one or the other. Um, uh, one one race is purely one. I would argue that's maybe not true, though. Taken? Because, the Taken? Well, but Taken have, we have seen Taken with uh, uh, Independence. And it's not, I mean, that doesn't, so the fact that I get, uh, well, and see, this is where I think, again, my, all light is connected. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, again, this goes back to what do you mean by light? Um, right. Because, like, for me, uh, I, I view light and akin to uh, a philosophical concept such as anima. Uh, it's a, it's a animating force. It's not a moral thing. So for me, the, the concept of a guardian dealing in darkness, um, if you're talking about the power component, it makes perfect sense. Um, I think the confusion that a lot of times happens is that we confuse the terms light with there's, there's two uses of it. There's light as in power, the, the, the animating force, the animating power of the universe, which is where I think the symmetry is correct. And then there's light in the sense of a moral component where you have light and dark, you know, the, the classic uh, double system of good, mm-hmm. evil, um, yeah. which and even in that case, the symmetry is correct as well, because you, you're never... The thing is, is like as long as you have a degree of self-independence uh, or free will, uh, you're going to have both sides of this coin because the entire point of free will is the ability to choose to do your own thing. You can be altruistic or hedonistic. You know, it, it doesn't there's nothing to control your choices, uh, which is why with the taken, if I'm my argument would be there is like, OK, no, we haven't seen anyone taken that's not. Bad guy, uh, bad. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to. I think I'm trying to think real quick. I'm. Uh, we haven't really seen any taken that's not a bad, uh, not an enemy. But you know, mm-hmm. up until up until Mithrax, we hadn't seen any fallen that weren't an enemy. That's true. Well, up until Varric. Sorry, sorry to correct myself. Up until Varric. Um, but and I so, mean, as far as a former enemy, or at least former assumed enemy, because mm-hmm. I mean, we had that that world quest where we first meet Mithrax, but. Enemy of my enemy, I think, is mm-hmm. the name of it on Titan. Yep, yep. where he but, gives us the generator. Right. I mean, I, I and know. so I guess, I guess my my kind of rant there uh, is, I see the argument, and I see mm-hmm. the. I mean, it, it just depends on. Are we saying that? I don't know. Like to me, I I get it, and I think that to say that everyone has darkness within them is, from a moral standpoint, is correct because it's again, even if you're talking good and evil, if you have free will, you're going to have that. that you're always going to have that choice, and so mm-hmm. to technically say you're always going to have that kernel of darkness within you. Now, whether or not you um you you know nurture it and let it fester, bloom, whichever word you want to use for that, that's up to you know that's up to you. It's the old Cherokee two wolves parable um right my and only I, and, issue with the whole, okay sorry no 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 yeah go 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 for it i'm just i'm just rambling at this point uh, i was gonna say my only issue with defining the darkness and the light in terms of morality is what is going back to that because you guys had this conversation before one of your podcast or one of your episodes about morality being subjective mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. dependent upon 
who's what asking side you're in or yeah, yeah right. who's asking. So the whole even even the concept of darkness and light being used as a moral as a moral terminology is really just relative to who is looking at you. Right. The, the whole path of sorrow for the hive, it, it's this, you know, it's a path that they choose or that they walk on a normal basis. The whole walking into the deep or the following of the deep, that is their life. That is their good to an extent. Right. I right. Mean, that's, that is that's just the, to them. That was the yeah. explanation that I loved about um, Gaul is, is mm-hmm. when they came out, or I think it was Luke, Smith came out and he was like, no, he's the hero in his own story. And I'm like, and that's mm-hmm. what makes a good villain is, right. is, and, and I hate to even use the word villain because it's exactly right. I mean, if you look at any, you know, any military engagement in reality, both sides are always going to claim that they have the, they're the right. Like it's always, mm-hmm. it was always us versus them. And it, it's, it's just a matter of which side is us and which, well, it just depends on which side you're talking to. You know, and and the story will favor the victors, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the victors write history, and that's you know, good job, Churchill. We run into that um, all mm-hmm. the way in Destiny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, real quick, let's run through the internets, and then we'll get yeah. right back into the argument. Yep. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the lore book Truth to Power. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate and, if you can, leave us a written review on iTunes or comment on the episodes on Podbean or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help continue to expand the FFC family, which allows more and more perspectives to be heard. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a gathering place where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within game lore, with a special focus on the Destiny universe. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. This will also be the new home for the Focus Fire Chat episode note archives and articles going forward. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the extra lore content for May, Mortal Kombat. However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topics you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the symmetry, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. didn't do anything for lost lore because i figured this would be kind of more free flow um free flow episode simply mm-hmm. because especially compared to the last god man what two three maybe even four episodes we've kind of had very thankfully very structured conversation like because the lore books right. kind of lend to that okay. whereas this one it's really what's the it's symmetry a philosophy debate yeah what's what's the symmetry okay now what do we talk about i have n- mm-hmm. no idea um <laughs> we can talk about Ulan Tan. 
Yeah, we can. Uh, and we can how talk about conspiracy. The conspiracy mm-hmm. of Ulantan, how why Ulantan was so dangerous. I have, you know, I'm sure Wicked, I know Green and I probably have our own thoughts. I'm sure you do too. Um, mm-hmm. Especially from, I, I'm, I'm curious actually, Wicked, to hear your thoughts on why they argue Ulantan is so dangerous because I have a theory that ties into it from a military standpoint. I'm just curious what your take can, on that is. Can I actually pause and let's do who the symmetry are let's do like the basics yeah, first yeah. and then get into the this the is debate, why this debate. is why this is why green's the boss uh let's uh let's yep. do that so the symmetry is a think about the uh, i'm trying to think of what they besides the cult of osiris it's essentially a cult but it's a group of people that formed together after ulantan died who shared similar? Mm. I, didn't they form after mm, he died? Because no. there's that card that talks about that his <laughs> ideas did not become popular until after he died. Oh no, that's right. Because that was the that was the mm-hmm. reason that was a recent one, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, no, I'm blanking on which one it was. No, was the I know. No, it's, uh, no, it's um, oh god, I know which one you're talking about. Was it Thousand Wings? It may have been. Nope, I didn't write that's any. That's the carp. Yeah, hang on. I, I, yeah. That's the one on the vex. I, I, you Going, said that, and I was like, immediately, I was like, it's like I know it's there. It may. Well, and I, so I guess my thought, my, my counterpoint was because of what was said in Ghost Fragment, the City Age, where you, you do mm-hmm. see like you make the sit that card technically, I think, also takes place after Ulantan has disappeared. Um, because they make the comment, "Who knew he'd be more troubled dead than alive?" Which is right. <laughs> yep. I love, I love it. Um, but because they're talking about the symmetry is gaining a strong following, but mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the reason why I was hesitating was because there is a concept that I thought I thought I saw someone, and I can't remember where I saw this. It was probably Reddit, which you know put grain of salt on that one. But it was something about like. The question of who, where do we find that Ulantan was actually the founder of the symmetry? He wasn't like, necessarily right, the and that's and that's what that's why that's... I was like because I think that was the point was they were like I don't it's never technically stated anywhere that he was the one that I, I mean there's the card the darkness uh, in which the um bah, 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 there are the uh, the darkness from D one where it talks about Ulantan's thesis. It's the new bond of reciprocity, by the way. That Thank has you. The, the information. The, that, isn't that the one that's like the rant the, about like yeah he was a jack yeah, or you're, you were jackals and all that. Yes, jackals. He was threadbare, threadbare and haggard. Yeah, it's in that card. It's the second line, actual line of the card. So the symmetry were a group yep. that okay, formed likely after. We're just going to say likely for now. Um, it's fairly fairly strongly suggested that it was formed after Ulantan died and shared similar ideas and beliefs as he did. Um, and the idea is, well, the basic idea, the most simple way to put the idea is that there is a balance that is required between light and darkness within the universe. You have to have a symmetry. There's two sides of the same coin. I don't think I can come up with another analogy that is any more well, simple I mean, than that. But in bond in the bond of yeah, the bond of recipro- reciprocity. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to stop trying to talk. Reciprocity. Uh, that one. That one. Whatever in, Green just said. In the dark. Yeah. In the darkness, light shines more brightly, and where light shines, it casts a shadow. That's, that's exactly one of the kind of. That's exactly what themes. I was going to say. Is like 
Yeah. I, and see, when I see that, first off, I know it's hard with audio, but first off, it's not capitalized. Um, so light here yes. is not a capital L light, which I know that seems like a weird thing to focus in on. But when you see it 50 billion times capitalized in the middle of a sentence and then it's all of a sudden not, it kind of stands out. Darkness um, isn't capitalized either. Right. And I and so what I what I see there is the whole thing again of like this is just physical light. It's it's back to um mm-hmm. was it uh was it Sagicite that was saying we only recognize cold because of heat and all that? Essentially, yeah. Which well which, Lux did too. Okay, yeah. so yeah, and, and that's and that's a that's a very common dichotomy that's drawn here is because without because physically they are correct. If you have one, you are going to have the other because now whether or not one is the absence, it's like the concept of the coloration of white and black, right? Is mm-hmm. white the absence of black or is black the absence of color? Like, because technically, if you look at it from a color color wheel standpoint, white is the absence of all coloration and black is the combination of all colors. Like, but if you look from a light perspective, if you it's look from a opposite. spectrum, right, I was about to say, but yeah. if you look from a spectrum perspective, it's entirely flipped because white light or like the bright white light is all spectrums and then black light is, is nothing. It's the absence of a, of a light. And so and then if you told it, oh, yeah, go, go ahead, for it. Go go for ahead. It. I was going to, I was going to say something ridiculous. Um, <laughs> that's, that's even more intriguing. I want to hear it. But, one of the other things that they had out there was that white is actually a shade of, or white is a shade of black and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, take yeah. Giant white screen, put your phone in front of it with a white screen on and your phone turns black. Yep. Because the, but, the light, but then that also, that also goes oh. into what we were saying earlier too, right? Is it's all subjective, mm-hmm. which is, is the, which is, is the moral it a component. Blue dress or is it a gold oh dress? Oh God, don't do that. No, it's a, it's a, it's a blue dress. It's a blue dress and you're all just wrong. <laughs> I was more interested in the llamas that got loose that day than I was in that stupid dress. <laughs> which if you remember that if you know what i'm talking about i i, I like you yeah. because that was like the <laughs> highlight of my day at work was watching s- these stupid law enforcement people trying to corral two llamas the corral llamas it was like i was like it's just uh. anyways you could practically hear the piano playing in the background oh yeah uh-huh. you you could it was just i was like i was like really this is what national news is covering okay whatever you just it's need better than the dress to play oh it it's was right. fine it was so great uh, the reason that's so recent is something happened very similar just just recently in our area, and that I was like, I'm like, oh my god, this is happening again. Like this is we're we're in a cycle. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I think with with Ulantan, the the problem, the mm-hmm. one of the big problems I have with Ulantan, um, one of the few problems I have because I, I actually don't have a lot of problems with with him on a philosophical basis. I I understand what he's talking about because it is very. Um, uh, yin yang type concepts. I, I'm like, I, my personal feelings on whether or not it's an excuse to do things is that aside, I see where he's coming from, but he does mm-hmm. in, in the writings that we have, which granted again, to it's be fair, much. it's not much. And it is selected from, you know, already incomplete writing. So we, we have that bias that we're contending with. Um, but the selection mm-hmm. of writings that we do have from him it's very fluid and are we talking about a metaphorical light or are we actually talking about you know light as what a guardian 
has. Because right. the thing with the thing with Ulantan also, for those who might not be completely familiar with him, is Ulantan was a warlock. He was a guardian. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And and that is where his recognition, his familiarity with light as a source of power, as a source of the gift for uh, manifestation of the paracausal capabilities, it was it was intimate because he was a guardian. He wasn't a um, uh, you know he wasn't a, a human philosopher at this time talking about this. Oh, this metaphor. No, he was actually on the field using you know using the powers that he was talking about. Um, and so that's where, for me, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult because on some things like this quote right here in the darkness, light shines more brightly and where light shines, it casts a shadow, um, from Mm -hmm. a philosophical standpoint, that's very circular, um, Mm -hmm. which I also kind of appreciate because Ulantan from what we've seen has never kind of broached the subject of which came first. It's just the pragmatic, it's, it's just the pragmatic of here's light. And and where there's light, there's darkness, and you only know the light because of the dark. Because I mean, it starts with in the darkness. So I mean, right. mm-hmm. he's he's presupposing that it is darkness, and then because you're in darkness, you recognize that light because the light will shine more brightly. Kind of, and that kind of goes back to wicked what you're saying. If you have a white screen, you hold another white screen up, they are going to be contrasted. There's going to be a difference in the spectrum that's being uh, displayed. Right. And because you're in absolute darkness, and if you don't, if you don't uh, really know what I'm talking about, what I would really suggest, if you haven't had ever, if you've never had a chance, is go into a place that you can get like absolute darkness, or, which is really difficult in today's world. But the best way to do this is actually go on a cave tour. Um, oh yeah, that's so cool. It is mm-hmm. amazing. And so what what they'll do often is they'll do what's called cave tours, and they'll they'll take you underground. And usually caves, they have uh, light systems set up, obviously, because you're underground. There's no sunlight, right? Uh, and you, mm-hmm. what will happen often is they will commonly will turn, they'll say, okay, everyone stop, you know, whatever. And they turn off all the lights. They t- I mean, like, and it is, it is, you you will, you will remember this sensation because it is literally one of the few times that nothing changes, but you feel like 500 pounds has been put on you. There is, there is nothing. And then what, when, when we did it, what, I, what I clearly remember is one of the guides held up a, a match, not even a lighter, like a match. He just lit a match and it just, it lit the entire place up. And it was mm-hmm. like this, and it's a match again. I mean, like if you, if you were to strike a match outside, you wouldn't recognize that. Like, it's like, oh yeah, here's a fire. Um, cool you know it's not going to do anything you have to have like a spotlight to actually see the difference but underground where there's actually where there the darkness is actuality i mean this little little flame just ignites the whole thing and i think to me when i read that quote from ulantan that's what i see in my head is like you know in this in this the sea of darkness even a small light will you know will will light it up and then mm-hmm. naturally what happens when that happens when you when you light a light in a dark place is shadows mm-hmm. shadows are shadows are darkness but they're not i mean i guess the question there is too is when you say shadow if you're saying that you're in darkness and you light a light are the shadows the same darkness as what was before you lit the you know there's also the, have the you created new darkness with right the light. have you yeah have you created a new sense of a new scale of gray if you will mm-hmm. right 
Well, is, is it even a gray at that point? Because the shadows always appear much darker than what is prior there, like in some ways. Yeah. When when you light yeah. a match, I mean, you have the darkness, the absolute darkness of the cave, and then you light the match, and what you see residual technically is a is a shadow, is a um, a gray of the two, but mm-hmm. it looks as dark in some ways as you had before. Right, and I think I would I would say that goes back to the perception, right, and the subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a funny story about the that cave thing. The time mm-hmm. that I got to experience it, my tour guide was kind of a jerk face and <laughs> said that if you put your fing- like if you put your hand up and you wiggle your fingers, sometimes you'll see sparks. <laughs> and so no I didn't. (laughs) I thought about it. I was like 12 when I did this. So, I mean, I thought about it. And it's like, okay, because you're supposed to put it up to your nose because you have to get it real close to your face. And then you have to wiggle your fingers. Were your brother standing next to you? Yeah, I think so. Because we all went there together. It's just one of those things like. Damn, you missed out a good opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) Whap. Green was gullible as a child, people. It's just a thing. Very <laughs> much so a thing. Oh, man. Yes. Innocence. yes, very much so. Needless to say, I don't trust tour guides anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're all liars. Uh, you're all liars right? trying to make fun of me because you're bored. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, totally I, I would be sorely tempted to start messing with people if I was a tour guide and had to do that every single day. I, yeah. I would be sorely tempted to mess with people. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, yep. Anyway, right. blue. So now that we have the basics of what the symmetry is, what the philosophy basically is, the debate that you were, or the question that you were about to ask, Wicked, about the, there was something military-themed I'm trying to remember. Exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. What you had so, said. so sorry. Uh, here it is. I was. I'm sorry. I'm looking. There was. There was a quote from Ulantan that I absolutely, just absolutely love, and it's not in game. It's actually from a, a TWAB, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally found it. I was like, I wrote it down because I was like, I'm going to totally use this. Um, mm-hmm. And it, the quote says, "Do you see the stars flutter? Now listen. They scream from the lacerations of our enemies." The balance has been threatened. Nightfall is upon us. This burden of light has never been heavier. We can sleep no more. And I just, that kind of ties back when you're talking, Green, when you're talking about the concept of a cosmic balance, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I have said a lot of times, or I talk a lot about a concept of paradigms and concept of worldviews. This is... We see this being present within the darkness grimoire card, uh, where we kind of get listed a uh, a list of different different worldviews. And so, when we talk about worldviews, and I, I kind of I'm trying to remember if I've ever kind of sat back and actually explained what I mean by a worldview. Um, worldview is like really kind of a a uh, a theory of what it is that we exist in, right? Uh, so the symmetry mm-hmm. as a worldview is there. There's arguably about six elements that any basic worldview should have, uh, and mm-hmm. the the first one is an explanation of the world. Uh, symmetry definitely 
definitely has that. They have an explanation of what it is for the cosmic balance and all that. Uh, the second point that a lot of times will be said is what's called futurology, uh, which is basically the question of where are we headed or where are we heading? And again, I think the symmetry has that. It's it's they they are seeking to keep the balance. Um, mm-hmm. The third point is the values. So, you know, answers to ethical questions, you know, what should we do? This is where it kind of gets a little hazy, but I, I would argue that the symmetry also still has this, uh, even though sometimes they kind of slip into really weird parables um and then and then you get like into praxology or or methodology or theory of action is it's basically so like your values and your futurology will then get fed by praxology which is how do you achieve your goals and this is where this is where the symmetry i think i don't i don't really see a lot of this part in, they're in the thinkers not so much the doers right then you have the praxics and who are the right. doers no, 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 no. Really yeah and, I, and, and the thing the thing too is like the thing too oh sorry chat uh ulantan we don't know if he was awoken or not i don't remember off the top of my head but i i remember when i was putting together the list of light bearers that was one thing i couldn't find um there's also the weird thing about the hash tan title but We'll probably mm-hmm. get into that a little bit later. Uh, but really quick, so praxology is how do you achieve your goals? Um, the symmetry, I ha- I get the I get the feeling that there is something there, but I just don't think we've seen it yet. Um, and then, you know, you have like epistemology, which is theory of knowledge. Uh, what is true? What is false? Again, symmetry kind of symmetry kind of focuses on the more even more pragmatic thing of like this is the balance. And in a way, that is actually uh, that is an epistemology as well. So they, you know, they get that there. Um, and then the final one is what's called etiology or etiology, which is basically the account of what's referred to as building blocks of the paradigm. And I think, again, I think as far as that, that if you want to call it a checklist, the symmetry definitely checks off all of those. Um, so I feel comfortable, you know, when I, when I call the symmetry, a paradigm, I kind of feel pretty strong that that's a, that's an accurate presentation, but within Mm -hmm. the, um, the city age card, right. Let me pull this up real quick. The city age card is where we get the comment about Ulan's Tan's teachings are too dangerous, too much fear. Um, Mm -hmm. and so of all his perspective. Uh, yeah, I believe I always can, I always get confused on who's talking I, when Cora has her own information or her own feelings about Ulantan and a different card. Um, I'm pretty sure the city age is mostly Zavala spoken. <clears throat> I'm going to have to pull it up to hiding from. Yeah. Northeast. Yeah. I think, and, and, and the city age is a tough one to read because there's like there, there's is. no really indication there's of who's talking. talking. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and it's it's a consensus meeting. So there's at any point at minimum like five people. So I mean I don't think yeah. I think the speaker's not present there. Uh, Ikora in Chamber of Night pretty much agrees or like thinks mm-hmm. not necessarily agrees, but she thinks that he may be right. Mm-hmm. But um, um, to to kind of go to the question I was had for Wicked is. Mm-hmm. The 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 identification of what they're referring to as being too dangerous is because if you look at the city as being locked in a military um, paradigm, right? Zavala views things as mm-hmm. far as like you know the defense of the civilians and everything, which is a which is in a way an accurate portrayal. Then you have yeah, a martial law situation. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if there was a martial law at that time, but yeah, but like, it's very, he, he sees things in a very strategic military sense. It's like, you have to convince mm-hmm. your soldiers that they're going to be able to win. And then you have this mm-hmm. philosopher who is out here saying, hey, look, the balance is you, these both sides are going to exist in balance no matter what we do. To me, that's where the threat comes from. It's because it's an undermining of the militaristic uh, sovereignty of Zavala. Because it's saying, oh, wait, the people that we're fighting are destined to always exist. So how are you going to defeat them if they always, you know, it's it's kind of that whole thing of like, you're doing, you're, you're fighting a fight that's doomed to fail. Whereas everything that the speaker and Zavala are trying to push is, no, we got to win. We got to win. Light's got to, light's got to defeat darkness. Whereas Ulantan's like, how is light going to defeat darkness? Like that doesn't even, guys, that doesn't even make sense. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't have light. It's, it's the heat cold thing. You can't, it can't be hot if you don't recognize what cold is. It's not, it's not that it can't, but you won't recognize it as heat. You, you it, it just, it will just, right. The, the contrast, the contrast is what exists in order to, in our experience of reality, tell us that it's even there. You know, it, I mean, so I was just curious so if I, there was like if there was anything mm-hmm. on your mind about that part. As far as just from a military standpoint, I could definitely see where they're talking about demoralizing the troops and affecting it that way. However, I don't think that because again, we talked about how he did not gain a following until after he was dead. Uh, where I'm actually looking at and seeing agreeing with you as far as the demoralizing, but not because of his views. If you look at the the Bond uh, card, card once again, and you look at that, it talks about how they looked at Ulan as being uh, this false image of what he used to look like, how his grand scheme and all these lines, but that he was actually haggard and downtrodden and essentially rambling meanderings and just, just nonsensical kinds of things. I think one of the reasons why he, that he was dangerous for bringing down their morale is because... I think Ulantan was essentially losing his mind. And so, that yeah, Eldarian I read that. I read that as his... similar to uh, Edgar Allan Poe or H.P. Lovecraft. So if if a guardian can lose his mind, mm-hmm. one of the things they're looking at here is now other guardians are seeing they're not. That's kind of going into the same thing as the path that Yor went down, where it's like, okay, if that can happen to one of us, what are we doing to stop that? And they they have no answer for that. They don't know what's causing it to happen. So if something like that could affect a guardian on a mental level and break them down, because so far we know of at least three guardians at this point, three or three different names anyway, uh, that have lost their minds or have lost their basic touch with what people would define as normal reality because of their meanderings or their contemplations of the darkness and the light. Toland, Yor, and Ulan. Mm-hmm. Essentially Ulan. They all have very different well, paths even, that they took, though. I mean, even they Saint do. Fourteen they, and Osiris they're... fit in that mm-hmm. in that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it, Osiris would be less dangerous with that particular one because he's still his is more of an obsession rather than what I would think would be dementia. Ah, I see. Okay, I see what you're. I mean, I would, I would argue it's it's you know tomato tomato, but yeah, I see. I do mm-hmm. see the difference. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Just as just as far as speaking from a because, effect on morale 
Right, because the other thing you have is with the introduction of ghost stories, we have a number of entries where guardians did lose their mind. Like um, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. uh, um, cranes and windmills, Mm -hmm. uh, the Don Quixote story. Mm -hmm. We do, we do have uh, precedents. Are they they named? uh no it's so cranes and the cranes and windmill the reason i refer to it as the don quixote is first off the ghost is named ponzo which is the sidekick from the don quixote story it's the little little Mm -hmm. fat little fat spanish squire who rode the donkey in the cartoon which was amazing um and then also there it's it's just like i mean it it's basically don quixote he he sees giants Mm -hmm. from the windmills and i think he dies because a rock falls on him or something just and like the ghost is, but the ghost abandons him because the um, the guardian starts ranting about how the traveler is a um, is an egg that needs to be cracked to free the dragon so that he can kill it. Like he just started. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just goes off like into the deep end immediately. But that's that's where when you're saying about the the losing your mind, that's where my my brain connected those two. Um, mm-hmm. Which actually, see, this is why I really should be careful about the tangents I ask people about because now that could possibly also explain <laughs> that could also explain why Ulantan's not around mm-hmm. is we know that ghosts can abandon their guardians. I mean, we kind of always assume that, but now we have actual entries that are showing that. And if a ghost identified Ulantan's rantings as dangerous, then on his death, he just wouldn't have been resurrected. That actually, yeah. to me, to me, that actually kind of would make, would give a bit of a nod to why because we do know that Ulantan is gone like he is dead we have uh we have the grove well, in io well we don't have a body which okay fine fair enough well I guess. somebody claimed they had a body right because they have the burial it, ring right which is in complete contrast to what that what the uh the new bond that he would have worn are you talking about the bond of whatever that the, word is Reciprocity. Talks about again going back to the whole thing of he was down, he was downtrodden, haggard, and everything like that. But he had a, but the burial ring that he was buried with, mm-hmm. again when he was still very unknown, was this magnificent, beautiful ring. Mm-hmm. It was really intricate. You could still see pictures of it up on mm-hmm. the Ulantan's mm-hmm. burial this ring. Is, this is where I was. Oh. This is where I was going into that whole thing of the uh, the conspiracy, where I was kind of bringing that up and in chat when I was talking uh, earlier with them. Blue. Mm. There's something in show notes that it really bugs me. It looks like Russian. Just, just one thing? <laughs> um, oh, the Symmetry Fang? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Symmetry Fang wanna, is... I, what? Okay, so I kind of want to attempt to say it, but I'm going to butcher it, so if you know <laughs> Russian, I am Sykes-Zentimihalian? Yeah, it's like Sysentmi Haji or Holly. Uh, it's I don't mi, know. It's, it's Mihai. Like Twenty-six mihai. letter word. Yeah, it's all it's all consonants. Um, it's actually Hungarian. Uh, ah, gotcha. And this is a this it's is a Hungarian. yeah. I think that's right. It's it's a, it's the concept of flow, um, which is he's so he's he's a psychologist. He's a Hungarian American psychologist. Um, he's that's he's one his of name? the. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Why? That's because Learning he's Hungarian. Learn, like I don't know. Like, like, did you miss? Did you? Child. Did you that's miss so the part cool. where he was Hungarian? 
That's so cruel. Could you imagine being like a first grader trying to write your name? You're that's why they're this and start at writing yeah, your name. Yeah, that's why they're so smart. Is they have to, anyways. Um, yeah. So like, it's but yeah. So the concept it's it's the concept of what's called flow, uh, which is basically a um, a mental state that. And everyone, everyone actually gets it. It's it's a really it's really cool. Uh, it's so he has a a, a book or an article I can't remember, but it's called Flow. It's the yeah, yeah I want to say it's a book too because it's Flow: The Psychology of Optimal Experience. And basically, um, and I'll just read this quick synopsis. I mean, Wikipedia actually does a pretty decent job on on explaining the high level view of this one, but it says that he outlines his theory that people are happiest when they're in a state of flow, which is a state of concentration or complete absorption with the activity at hand and the situation. It is a state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. The idea of flow is identical to the feeling of being quote in the zone or quote in the groove. The flow Mm -hmm. state is an optimal state of intrinsic motivation where the person is fully immersed in what they are doing. This is a feeling everyone has at times characterized by a feeling of great absorption, engagement, fulfillment, and skill, and during which temporal concerns, time, food, ego, self, etc., are typically ignored. Um, and so what and, and the only reason I have this connected to Ulantan is because of the symmetry flight or symmetry fang, um, which got connected mm-hmm. because of the word symmetry uh, and the symmetry fang our armor which is from i believe is the dark below or no i think it actually was vanilla uh it mm-hmm. says there are six factors to the true flow first is the loss of self and so there's there's a um there's a kind of a checkpoint or check milestone listing that this this individual has put together breaking down the concept of it uh, it starts with control. It goes to relaxation, boredom, apathy, worry, anxiety, arousal, and then flow. And so, like you, you basically will work through this mental these mental states in regards to uh, where you lie within like challenge level and skill level. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, flow is the part that flow is in the quadrant of this graph where your challenge level is at the highest that it can be. And your skill level is at the highest. Um, a lot of people who are probably listening to this podcast will recognize this in terms of video game playing. When you're playing yep. a game, when you get when you get so involved in a game that you lose hours, that's flow. That's what that's what this is being talked about. Um, it's the it's the sense of just being absolutely one with what you're doing and just completely losing track of everything in the world around you. Um, and it's it's not necessarily it's by no means necessarily a bad thing. It's actually a very human thing. Uh, our brains are kind of almost in a way designed to kind of do this. Uh, he also kind of went on to say that repression is not a way to virtue. Uh, basically, his his view was when people restrain themselves out of fear, their lives are not necessarily diminished. Um, only through free, freely chosen discipline can life be enjoyed and still kept within the bounds of reason. Uh, so he he was very big in the in the what's called positive psychology realm of the psychological communities. Uh, he he was very big on uh, what's usually referred to as self actualization of of your of yourself into making yourself the best that you can be, and that was kind of the the idea was fully embracing what actually helped get you to the state of flow. 
um, because the more you can be in the state of flow, first off, the more the more efficient you are, and also the happier you're going to be. You're going to be happier mm-hmm. about it. Like it's because you have like this. So if you picture if you picture a, a, a quadrant graph, right? You know, you have the four quadrants. That top right is usually the one that everyone wants to. You you kind of always are with with regards to these. That's the the ideal place. In that quadrant, you have the mental states of arousal, flow, flow, and control. And flow takes up the predominant amount of that quadrant. And that's because, again, you have the challenge level that is high, and you have the skill level, which is also high. So you're, and it, when it, when he says arousal, it's not a, a sexual arousal. It's a it's a mental arousal. It's it's you mm-hmm. you are your your brain is your, active, your brain your brain, your brain is, is active. You're firing. It's going. It's going. And and, and anyone who has experienced that which again i think most people have will recognize that that's a good feeling that means that you feel like you know what you're doing you're doing it well you know it's it's something that you look around and not many other people can do and i mean that's that's just that is naturally a very good feeling it's a very uplifting feeling for a person um but yeah that's that's what the concept of flow really is okay so besides the concept of flow <laughs> And the the word that is non-pronounceable because Hungarian names are ridiculously <laughs> difficult for their children. Um, is there a way to tie it into Ulantan a little bit more succinctly? Besides, I mean, I would argue that Ulantan existed in a constant state of flow. Can one? I don't think. No, I. Yeah, it's, I, it's, disag- te- I, it's technically I, not possible, but like I yeah, think what I, like, mean, I, what I mean is like. Before. Not well. So what I mean is like you see this. Uh, you see this with a lot of uh, like uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. had had a mm-hmm. very similar existence to kind of my mental picture of what apparently Ulantan existed in. Edgar Allan Poe was a um, today he is regarded as a phenomenal writer. He is regarded as one of, if not the founding thinker for a lot of the darker fictions that you know we we take for granted a lot of that was kind of introduced by poe you also had lovecraft and a few others but mm-hmm. in the time of his life edgar Allan poe uh as with most like great artists you know picasso uh van gogh all these other really good art are really really top-notch artists today in their lifetimes, they were not recognized as such. They were recognized, or they they were viewed as the outcasts, the out the the people who were kind of the crazy the, ones. Yeah, they. I mean, they mm-hmm. wouldn't ever go. Well, with Poe, they did, but like with with some of them, they with never Lovecraft, would. Go, they did too. Well, Lovecraft also. Yeah, there's there's a whole another story with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Lovecraft had yeah. Lovecraft had a Issues. lot of things going on with him that I mean. Anyways, with Poe. Um, one of the things was is that he would be he would get to the point where he was writing stuff to the degree that he wouldn't eat for days like he he just he didn't care like he beethoven was so did that. beethoven mm-hmm. beethoven was notorious Mozart. for it most of the music most music most big musicians i think were pretty notorious for composers, doing the same thing yeah. yeah composers sorry um no you're good and painter painters will do it too i mean mm-hmm. i mean van gogh is is a prime example of this and van gogh's the story of van gogh is one of i mean it's a heartbreaking story and it's also one that really highlights you know really highlights the 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 dangers of mental uh health for for people uh because van gogh was was yeah there's there's a there's a very sad story there but again Mm -hmm. these were these were people who were so trapped not trapped but so in their heads 
and with these worlds that just were, you know, for lack of a better word, they were just so much brighter and more vibrant than the reality around them that they were fascinated and obsessed with these worlds and they were doing everything they could to bring that into reality, to show people, to share that, you know, that fascination with people. Um, I think think there's a line that uh, goes with this. Uh, Even paradise is a prison if you can't leave. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but I what guess the, I the choice, before? the question I would have to that is my response to that is, can is it that you can't leave or is it that you don't want to? And I think that's where the difference lies because I, th- I would argue with like Edgar Allan Poe, um, you know, and some of these uh, Poe's a bad example because he probably had, he's very similar to Lovecraft and there was, there was a lot going on in Poe's life. Um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, some of these composers <clears throat> like Monet or Monet would be a good example too. Monet was someone who lived, he lived through his paintings. He lived through the creations that he did. You know, Da Vinci was also another one of these like great thinkers and they would, they would constantly be, I mean, they would, they would go days without eating, without sleeping because they were mm-hmm. so fixated on what they were doing that it didn't matter it to them it, to, to them it just the absolutely end. yeah with mozart yeah but like when, it just yeah, when it, he was it didn't his matter thing. at all yeah yep a lot of brilliant minds just absolutely lose it at the end and it's it's the not healthy balance of not being able to get out of flow a lot of times right do you think yeah, they so, can't get out of flow or did they choose not to get out of flow because um, when you get into a, flow, that's a, a lot of question. times you can only come out if somebody distracts you. Well, like, I mean, I, whenever you talk about like the chemical imbalances of the human brain, mm. uh, emotions, especially when you're talking about a just a continuous flow and a continuous uptick of emotional high, like what they're talking about with the flow, mm-hmm. that can be just as addictive as any kind of drug can be. Right. So that'd be like asking a drug addict, do you really want to take this drug away from, or do you not want to take this drug anymore? The addiction, that reliance on that high could very well be influencing every bit of their decision to try and take the drug again. Yeah. And I would argue so, to, from a psychological standpoint, it would be even more addictive because if you're dealing with, um, you know, from a, from a mental standpoint, if that's the the way we're going to look at that for you know let's say so let's say Ulantan was this is what we're talking about um if you look at the physical state of what you know in the in the bond is being described his his flow state would be so much better than reality right you know it's it's the question of and it goes back to that quote about paradise right it's it's again is it that they're trapped or is it that they don't want to come out because they're scared or because you know there that that ties into a whole host of um of psychological concepts of the explanation of psychosis is you know sometimes it's sometimes it's the fact that the patient doesn't want to be cured because you know reality is a lot worse than than whatever you know whether that is a hellscape or a paradise it's it's something that they at least in some form of fashion have a bit of control over and right. real, reality, you don't have that, you know, and, and this is talking about in real life. So I can see the argument for for Ulantan's, you know, being stuck in his head, whatever. I, I see that because, I mean, I, I also kind of identify that because I, I'm slightly like that as well. As far as like when I get into something, I just I shut out the outside world. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's again it's it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. Some I mean some of the greatest stuff that I've done has been done in that state. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look and again going back to all all the free you know great free thinkers whatever you want to call them um, a lot of times you know Da Vinci has entries or like pages and pages of entries in his journals talking about this concept and about how to get into that state and how to, you know, initiate that state as quickly as possible. Um, and it's because it, it really does engage the best of you in the, in the, the creative process. I mean, there's Um, books written about it. Oh yeah. There's like tons of books. Yeah. Sports books. There's a whole, like there's a music book that I, I took a class on it on how to get into flow state because musicians perform better in that state too. Actors. Oh yeah, hex 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 and chat is also bringing up the concept of neural diversity mm-hmm. versus having disorder or disease. That's I mean that's that's exactly true. And and hex actually uh, the point that he brought up first is the uh, catharsis for trauma. Flow is mm-hmm. a is a huge thing because it, again it's it's the concept of you know kind of what Wicked was saying about that that release. It's it's not necessarily endorphins, but it's it's the neurotransmitters that that indicate that you're happy. Right. Um, which is a gross oversimplification of that concept, and don't kill me for it. I understand that's a gross a gross oversimplification, but the the biological component of what we refer to as happiness, um, whatever that is, it does seem to engage more frequently when you are in a state of flow. Uh, and so that's where, again, it's the question of if you're using this to kind of get away from reality, to kind of, to, to bring pleasure to a, to a, uh, unpleasurable existence, if you will. Um, to me, it makes perfect sense that I would be existing in this state as much as possible. So Um, here's, Here's my question then. I mean, we were talking about balance and the need for contrasting to be able to identify if you constantly exist in a state of flow. You're constantly out of balance. Well, you're constantly out of balance, but wouldn't it eventually because of the need for the contrast? And this is kind of going back to some, some, some readings and stuff that I did back in college that without knowing the counterweight anymore, forgetting the counterweight, you don't, feel as much pleasure at one at some point because you've desensitized right. yourself to it. I mean, that's also the argument for most addictive uh, substances is, right. uh, I mean, let's, let's just pick one that's really safe to talk about. Let's talk about bacon for a second. Um, <laughs> bacon. I had some today. Yeah, no, but I mean, but the thing about it is it's, it's, it's exactly like an addictive substance because it basically is. I can never remember what the what the chemical is, but the first time, so like the bacon, bacon is one of those things where the first time you eat it, the the neurotransmitters that fire off in response to the sensation of that taste set a what's usually referred to as a bar, um, and just like with uh, most narcotics, actually, uh, you talk, you know, I'm talking like heroin, cocaine, you know, any of these any of the hard harder narcotics. Um, you're never, your brain will never actually be able to achieve that same bar. Uh, it mm-hmm. will constantly be a diminished return on, you can eat, you can eat, which is why bacon is so addictive. Uh, because basically your brain is, is at a very basic level trying to achieve that same pleasure reception, that mm-hmm. same pleasure. And it can't because, you right. know, the neuro, the neuro, 
transmissions of chemicals, just it can't achieve it. It's never going to get that. So what a lot of people, what a lot of times will happen is you'll eat more. So instead of eating one piece, you'll eat five pieces. Well, you're still, so you're consuming more, but your brain, the, the, the chemical influx is actually still lower. Like it's, it's this weird thing with neurochemistry that it's, it's arguably there to protect your brain. Um, but it's also part of the reason why we get addicted to certain things is because we're always constantly, we're, we're, we're a pleasure centered organism. Like that's, that's (laughs) kind of the thing is like most, the vast majority of humanity avoids pain. Like there, there are, there are outliers to that. And, you know, I mean, but I actually, no, there's not because even, even in the even in, in a masochistic standpoint, that is a form of pleasure. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just what all of us recognize as pain causes them pleasure. But anyways, I'm not, that's a dangerous tangent. Um, That is a dangerous dangerous tangent. tangent. It's a fascinating, (laughs) it's a fascinating tangent, but it is definitely a dangerous tangent that's an after Um, chat yeah that's that's a that's oh man that's a anyways um but like because of that you know that kind of ties into this whole concept of the season of opulence as well Mm -hmm. you know we are we are hardwired to register our world through pain and pleasure like we have pain and pleasure centers that's what most of our nerves actually do and so if you find something that gives you pleasure, then there's a very um, that's where the concept of like temptation kind of comes from is that it gives you pleasure, but it's not always good for you. Uh, bacon is the primary example because you can eat five pounds of bacon and it's not good for you, but it might in the moment feel really good. Like, you know, it, it's this weird dichotomy of the human brain versus the human body. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> Don't bad mouth. I am not bad mouthing bacon. I am trying to explain. <laughs> You're gonna get a, more from salt a neurochemical from the bacon comment. <laughs> the main thing I got about about that whole thing was that our <laughs> body's attempt to fight off drug addiction is the reason why we have the baconator. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, that's not wrong. It's no. just <laughs> no. The I don't even like the bacon. I like bacon, but I don't like the baconator. Just don't. So get. Getting back with the uh, as far as the balance and, and talking about uh, Ulantan with his whole existing within a perpetual state of flow, mm-hmm. something I wanted to mention as far as this whole balance thing would if he were in a state of dementia but not able to fully enjoy that state of flow, would that not qualify as being like as far as he's not in a constant state of flow per se, but still maintains some awareness of the reality around him. I don't you know, know if saying? you can get into that state though. Can you, where you're, well, where you're dealing with I mean, both when you're in, when you're in the flow, you're still aware of your surroundings and you're aware of what's going on to, a, a, you know, for the most part until you get to the, yeah, there's a, there's arguably because yeah, because that would, if you, I see what you're saying. Like, if you entered into a state of flow to a point where you were not, were legitimately not aware of your surroundings, I would actually probably say that's more of a psychotic break than a f- state of flow. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a break from reality. Um, right. Not, not a, cause I, when you're in flow, I, I would agree. I think there's, I think the argument would be that the perif- there is a peripheral state of your brain that does recognize um, the outside world. It just doesn't care. Mm. It's not, it's right. not that it right. doesn't exist. It just is like, yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't care that it's 4am. I'm, I'm, I want to play video, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. whereas if you uh, were, 
you were so focused yeah. on what you're doing that your reality didn't exist outside of that, then yeah, I would argue that's more of a psychotic break than, than a state of flow. So going off of that, then you've got Ulantan in a state of flow, but kind of, you know, whipping off back and forth in a state of flow where he's saying, I don't care about what's going on in the world, or I'm not really paying attention to it. I'm not really giving it my thought. In addition to coupling that with the idea of his entire thesis on the darkness, the balance with, with the light being absolute necessities, you know, one side of a coin, all that good stuff. Combining all of those together and then putting that in the face of other guardians with the comment made by Zavala, keeping all this in mind as far as Zavala looking down at other guardians and what we know about the way he really looked and looking at it from a kind of suspicious standpoint of his burial bond being a replica of his bond, but yet he was haggard and downtrodden and insane and all this other stuff. Would an um, get a grove named after him on a planetoid moon? Like mm. Same thing, same reason why we have artists who have statues built of them and Earth. All, all the people we just talked about but like, that were... Okay, no. So, perfect example. <clears throat> Mozart. Mozart was born... Or not born. Mozart was immensely popular. Incredibly mm-hmm. popular. But he was buried mm-hmm. in a pauper's grave, which at the time was literally a hold where 50 or more people were thrown in. His mm-hmm. body is amongst the remains of a ton of people. And so, Ulantan, who... At that point, like I doubt his body is buried in the grove, but it's just named and because it's a lot easier to bury him as a I hero. can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Because so. the other thing that we have to take into account is also the censorship that the speaker was seemingly mm-hmm. very a big fan of. Uh with like, you know, the whole thing with the saga of Yore. You know, that, that mm-hmm. whole thing became a self fulfilling prophecy of let's not let guardians fall down this path. And then because everyone was obsessed with trying to figure out what was so big and secret about it, they fell down the path. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, so in that same mindset, if Ulantan's sitting there preaching about balance, which isn't too far away from what Shin Malfur is trying to go for. Right. Then, and that, I, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced that's part of the, part of the reason why he's back or why we see so much more of him now is because of the fact that the speaker's gone. Oh, oh yeah. God. Does that oh, yeah. mean... But, that Ulantan is the voice in the trailer for Season of Opulence. Somebody, I think it was Bibble, I don't know if he's still in chat. Bibble was like, hey Green, who do you think this voice is? Be- you know, I would, that would... Oh my gosh, I, if they bring back... Oh my gosh, that Could makes you me, imagine? Yes, it makes me happy. Yeah. But the, oh gosh. Um, the I, thing is, I, is when I, I listen to it, it's, still alive. it sounded I can, like... I mean, I can see Similar it. to the speaker, though. That's the only thing that I know it's not the speaker, or at least theoretically it's not the speaker, but it has a a very similar gravitas to it that the speaker tends to use. So it's it's an important figure. Ulantan comes back as the next speaker. Yeah, I don't know. But okay, so it is the Visions of Light mission where we go into Mm -hmm. the grove, and that's the mission where it's I think it's the second mission where you get the the power to get your next super your secondary yeah. super mm-hmm. and you have the the grove of Ulantan. you have to get rid of both the taken and the vex the idea if if the taken and the vex or are, are 
not necessarily polar opposites because I would argue that they're not, but the perspective between the two, who would you who would you think would be the light on that if there is a lighter side? Vex. Really? Even though the Vex they're moving towards entropy, which many would argue is purely the darkness, as pure as the darkness as you can get. Well, sometimes the greatest good is looked at as being the most evil. Look at Thanos. He's one of the probably one of the best examples I can give of that. Where the greatest peace in the galaxy is one where no life exists. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the the instead of the, the loss of will being within the form of the taken is secondary as far as evilness compared to the Vex and the movement towards entropy. Well, and, and absolutely, the other part of it is that are we are we sure that the the Taken themselves, but prior to Oryx, what was their role? Do we know? We didn't know of the Taken until Oryx. Right. And Oryx didn't know of them. So what was their purpose in existence prior to Oryx becoming the Taken King? Were the worms just ordering them around all over the place, or did they exist as their own individual beings capable of their own lives and thought? I mean, there's a possibility that they existed prior to Oryx, at least within our system, because the... I'm trying to remember back to um, books of Book of Sorrow, where yeah. Oryx learns how to take within the deep by taking the tablets. Right? By taking the tablets, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there were taken before within the deep. Just that the possibility of a complete creating taken. Yeah. It's it's like the theory that is proven in reality. So if the deep is a another realm, another um, region within the paradigm of where we are at, much like the nine are within a different region mm-hmm. or a different region isn't the good, a good word for it, but different realm plane. or plane. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, if the taken are initially or the power from the taken or of the taken are from another plane. It, theoretically, it could have been just a theory there that is proven a proven concept here. So we don't know if there were taken prior, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just the thing, like, the taken is the loss of will, mm-hmm. essentially. That your will becomes not necessarily your own, though there are those, obviously, from D1. Um, I can't think of his name. The mission where we're at the Shrine of Oryx. Mm-hmm. And um... It's not Urzok. What? That's the freaking Hive Knight. But there's the mission back in D1 where we go back to the Shrine of Oryx and we fight the Hive Knight, I want to say. A giant... The, or the, giant, the giant one that was Savathun's son. That was, was it? Uh, Malak? Malak. Yeah, Savathun's son that was captured by Oryx, essentially. Right. So he had enough free will that he was a threat. And there were... There was another one where we go inside the Dreadnought and fight. He also had enough free will. So the there's not a complete loss of will if you were a powerful character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, go, going back to that whole thing of, you know, down and got the uh, Malak reference. Right. The the thing that I'm talking about, or the thing, reason why I went with the Vex being the light and the darkness, or the Vex being with the light, is that the darkness has always fed upon that survival of the fittest, and it's there's still a continued existence, but it's justified existence. The the path of the light, for the most part, has seemed to be just 
piece at cost. Because as far as the whole thing with Fundament, where it talks mm-hmm. about the Traveler and that the Traveler created the God Wave, to, you know, smash everything. Granted, it's a somewhat one-sided argument because it's written by the Hive. Right. But the Traveler's end goal is peace. It wants everything to exist as co- as peacefully as possible. Granted, it's not going to be a wonderful life, but people won't have to be hurtful or harmful to each other or constantly having to defend themselves. It'll just mm-hmm. be a normal existence. And the hive or the darkness thrives off of proving worth in life. So to me, the Vex embody more out of the light than pretty much any other entity out there because they are they are the culmination of a single being or single life form pulled into one network working or working as a synonymous unit or what's the word I'm looking for? Not not even synonymous. Um, Uh, Unified. Yeah, working as a unified force all together. So this whole thing of them bringing to a singularity of a Vex and bringing that timeline down to one thing, it's all about peace. Nothingness is peace. Death to everything is peace. So there's that, and that kind of goes to that whole thing of going so far into the light or the goodness and look from the other side of it. Once you start looking at it, be like, oh my God, that's evil. <laughs> hmm. Such a, it's a funny thing. We were talking, going back all the way to the beginning of the show of the perspective, the perspective of light and dark and how you define that and your perspective mm-hmm. viewing that colors so much of what we're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. Just, it makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder. And with Ulantan's idea, if it a balance, is there a balance when the perspective shifts so rapidly of what is quote unquote good and evil within the realm of the game that there is really no opportunity to actually have a good or evil win or lose type thing that it is all just a construct that we build to tell ourselves that makes it okay for us to do what we do Mm. does that make any sense it It, it does i think it i agree it was just a very rambly way of trying to put a question with some explanation at the same time i don't know trying to figure out the best way to put it it goes back into the whole thing of are we looking at light as a power or are we looking at it as a as a morality measurement well if we're looking at light within the universe we assign light and dark to various creatures mm-hmm. often uh, pyramid ships equal dark i mean i'm going to be very simplistic in it cabal darker even though they're obviously not as dark as some of the characters within some respects because they're moving they're another faction more so rather than a a quote-unquote bad group mm-hmm. the the I don't know. I have a hard time viewing the Vex as anything but evil, but that's just my perspective on them. Look, here's 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 the way I end up really looking at it because really in Destiny, I've gotten to the point where I cannot define anything by good and evil. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it from the point of chaos and order. That's the light is for order, the dark is for chaos. So then we are dark because we're not we actually are, bringing. We are not bringing are order so- to anything. We're we're not, but we are. We believe we are. But that's we believe we are trying based. to bring order. It is perspective based. Yes. However, again, going back into this whole thing of, <clears throat> you know, with we are trying to establish order in a society where we are the are the superior class. Essentially, the human race is the one that comes out on top. Mm-hmm. That is 
how the that is how humanity would define its order. It's not necessarily in concern of galactic balance or anything of that nature. The, tri the driving force of the guardians and humanity is to survive. That's it. They don't care about what. I mean, as far as the r real balance of it, the main driving force for the overall species is survival. That's it. I would most, I would argue that's most societies or most it, it is, groups. <clears throat> it is. However, going into the cabal, we have Callus, who it's not just he wants the cabal to survive. He wants to bring everything in. He wants to become allies with everybody. You don't see that with the human race. Oh, that's not his end goal, that. though. His end goal it's, is to be not. is indulgence. His is, yes, his end goal is to be there at the finish line. Right. So that's what I'm saying. There's as you know, it gets kind of that point where there the balance is between chaos and order in my mind. Where we do have order as far as humanity, we have our own, our own internal order. We have our structure. We have our city. We have our laws and our rules. But then we also have the chaos in us. So we're essentially doing the same thing as the Vex, but doing it in a different manner because the Vex are trying to create their own order. Well, the Vex are an extreme. That's and that's where it's the goals are the goals are somewhat similar but not the same. Mm -hmm. And instead of instead of looking at it as where's the goal at, look at it as basically an a eye shape where okay. you have two different points. We sit roughly in the middle. And you got the cabal and the uh, fallen kind of circle around in the same general area in that bigger portion of the eye. And then on the two tips, you've got the taken and the hive and the vex, where on one side, they want complete chaos, where the strongest is, or everyone is always fighting and they're always trying to survive. They are always trying to prove strength through survival or basically Darwinism. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you have the vex who want complete in absolute order with no chance of any chaos. Right. Blue, do you want to hop in with this? I mean, I, I yeah, can I've see been, that. I've been running my mouth. No, no, no. no. I, mean, I just... I think that the thing with... Sorry, the thing with Callus too, is that his end goal is he wants to be a witness to the final shape. Right. Um, and I think that's something that mm -hmm. Wicked was mentioning. Right. Is that he wants to be the winner. He wants to be the survivor. Well, it's not, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I would say it's not even a matter of like winning. I mean, his form of winning is, um, being present, be, not, not being the be final, final one. Shape. Yeah. I, I would, yeah, I don't know. Cause like the final shape is much more predominant within the hive culture for sure. Uh, but Callus does recognize that when he saw whatever he saw within the, the void, whether that was the nine, whether it was, you know, the worm guy, whatever it was, he, cause he comes back and he says that he wants to be a witness to it. Um, mm -hmm. Well, cause he so, sees it as inevitable anyway. Yeah. He sees it as an, yeah, he sees it as a, as a, it's something that's already been, it's already, it's already happened. It's just reality's catching up. Um, mm -hmm. oh, Dino's saying in chat, uh, he doesn't want to, the, the, where I was going with that, Dino was more, He's he doesn't want allies so much as to be there with him at the end. He wants sur he wants sur allies so that he can survive. Yeah, right. he's it's he a, wants, he's, he's looking a user. For, he's, he's, he's using looking for tools. For, I was about to say he's building his toolbox is what he's doing. Yeah, which is exactly what the shadows were. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then yeah, um, but yeah, no, I like I mean I like the I like the concept of the chaos order thing. Uh, it's definitely a. I I would be curious if you held that spectrum up to the same 
like on a race, uh, an overall generalization of the race though, I'd be curious where they, where there was, if there would be a difference in where in the placement of the spectrum, that would be, you know, um, mm-hmm. as far as like, I mean, we yeah, talked I mean, about like, the next yeah, the high. I was about to say like the only one that really kind of messes it all up as far as like a moral standpoint for me is uh the vex because they are in and of themselves kind of apathetic about whether or not something's i mean to to them the concept of good is that it's it's organized and it's the confluence right you could also Um, argue that the vexes their goals are the most selfish out of all of them because there's literally I mean, they're or, all technically of one mind or they're it's the most altruistic i mean it depends yeah. too because mm-hmm. i mean like there you could also argue perspectives in the world right but i mean what i'm saying there is like you could also argue in the same vein that it is actually the most efficient use of the energy that is in the universe you know that's 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 like that's like the thanos argument it's like you know from one mm-hmm. side it makes a bit of sense I still don't agree <laughs> with it, but it like but you can see. Yeah, he kind of does have it. I mean, he does. He, oh God, there's so many holes in his logic. But, but I mean, regard. But yeah. I mean, what I mean is like, even though you know we we perceive it as selfish in their right. mind, that's I that's, I do see the point that Wicked's making about the order chaos spectrum instead of the good evil spectrum with regards to the mm-hmm. Vex, especially um, because I would think that that ties into kind of everything that has been said about them is they don't so maybe maybe we've had the wrong definition and it's literally been a loss in translation for us this whole time that the whole point is not the good versus evil but the order versus non-order or chaos yeah sorry uh Mm-hmm. Hex Hex and chat was saying something uh Callus is like yeah I I think Callus is um, it's really hard for me to to hold back some theories that I have on Callus because there's there's things about the way Callus is presented that actually begs the question of if he's actually as um, addicted to hedonism as he is, or if there is actually something else going on. And um, game. Yeah, I, I I'm having the more and more I kind of dig into Callus's story, the more and more kind of larger thoughts i'm having about what is actually going on with him um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hints in my mind that callus is much 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 more than just a a figure of the cabal uh there's like so that's that's part of my problem with that so i mean like but if if callus if we take callus as as he presents himself as you know on the surface um, then yes, mm-hmm. I think that he is indeed a an avatar of what happens when hedonism runs rampant, uh, because the the um, the high that we were kind of talking about earlier is exactly what he's trying to find. He's constantly mm-hmm. he's constantly looking for that next high. He's the he's like the existential junkie, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. The problem the problem is is his drug of choice is existence. Um. And that's that's where, in my mind, too, if we're going to take it down that road, that's what makes Callus so dangerous, is that he is searching for that next high. He is an addict to, you know, not not proving his existence in sword logic or in, you know, Imbaru or whatever it is that turns out to be Zivu's, you know, 
poison of choice. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, mm-hmm. actually, just living in the moment and in that unadulterated seeking of pleasure. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I, I if but again, I find it hard because I I also don't see that being callous. So, um, and that ties so into some, it. that ties oh into a gosh. larger theory that I have. But there's so many theories that the, now I want to talk about callous. I know, like, yeah, oh, callous is is very. <clears throat> Ignomatic, I think, would be the best word for him. Well, by design. Also topical at the moment as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, I, I mean, it's only like, what, four days and we're going to get to hear some more about him or something. There's something going on in game. Um, I already, yeah, I already warned my raid team that I will be reading lore while we're doing the raid. So we're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yep. I got it. I got it. <laughs> gotta do homework. I, I gotta catch up, I love, guys. There's I love, a lore drop. I love uh, Matt's drop for his video. Your homework is to read all the lore. You haven't done it, so here I am to help. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like I'm like yes. <laughs> um, but as far as like the the, I don't even know how I got onto the tangent of Callus. I'll be honest. I'm just gonna go back to we were, Yeah, um, we were talking about the good versus or the, the chaos the, the, versus the order. Chaos versus order. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 beautiful frustration with the symmetry and with Ulantan for me is really the tidbits that we have are both really good breadcrumbs, but they're just breadcrumbs. So it's like there's tons of ways that I can interpret that I and and you know I read certain things being said, and then like we'll be having these conversations and you know Wicked you'll say something and I'm like oh like you know it's like you know just. There's there's so much room for um, interpretation and, and assumptions that is just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's 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 just fascinating, but it's also endlessly frustrating. Um, well, don't I don't have, ask me how I think it's connected to Tolan. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, oh, I mean God. I'm right there please with you. Please don't I, ask my, him how it's connected. Please don't. Please don't. Connected to what? Toland. Oh. If we if I already uh-huh. promised him if we ever have a Toland talk that he gets to come on for that one because he's been a rant for a while. I mean, it's all connected, right? All light is connected. Oh, Lord. Especially if you need to make a guardian disappear. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Let's know. <laughs> no. Please, no. I'm both curious and terrified at the same time, which is a bad to, combination for me. So You should pop into my stream sometime and get ask him. He'll... He'll rant about it for a while, and then I will just roll my eyes because we've gotten into this discussion many times. On, I have a very um, blunt view about Tolan. No, he's a gray character, but no, you love Tolan. What? Right? (laughs) He's an incredibly interesting character, but such a kind soul. Such a kind soul. God, I. Dis- oh my god, no. <laughs> no. No. Desist. Desist. No, <laughs> uh, nah, it's just the, the... One of the things that drives me crazy about some of the different characters that we have that are main characters, enemy-wise or whatnot, is that each of them have their own vice of a sort. Mm-hmm. Whether it's forced upon them or 
a vice that is um, of their own making. Callus's own Callus's is more of his own making. Oryx, Zivu, and Zavi's were all kind of sort of forced upon them, even though they're technically part of their own personality quirks type thing. If that is going to be a generalized theme of characters, what are guardians besides just the drive for loot? Well, I mean, I would argue that is what guardians are. That, I mean, we know that Mara exploited it. Well, I mean, and, and this ties into, you know, green, you you know what I'm going to say here because mm-hmm. I I might be working on the snapshot that I'm working on actually ties into this too, <laughs> um, because that's the thing, right? I mean, Osiris made this comment. Uh, multiple thinkers have made this comment about us. It, it's guardians are extremely easy to exploit. Like mm-hmm. I I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why we are like in game like in game. It just it's it is actually from from a lore perspective it is a little frustrating. It's like is no one paying attention to what is going on with this stuff? Like you know, I mean, how many times do you get tricked by the same thing before someone's going, "Aha! Wait a second, this might be a bad idea." No, because it's got shiny toys. It's just it's for right. me it's for me it's the, a little it's but it's, Osiris makes the comment that there is like an innate there's something innate in that that. You know, whether you want to call that a fourth wall break or, you know, whatever, um, it's not, but whatever. Uh, it does seem like that is an intrinsic value um, within Guardians, which, you know, if you green, if you want to go that route, what I what that makes me immediately think is, is that mean that we're a villain in and of ourselves because we have a vice? That's what I was kind of going towards. It's like I the vice. If we're not balanced out in and of ourselves and able to put aside these things and check ourselves, are we any better than the villains that we fight, quote-unquote, villains? Are we any better than the monsters we hunt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the monsters we use. The mm-hmm. line between light and dark is so very thin. Do you know what side you're on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm with Toland. On that one. On you're that with one. Toland. I'm going to smack you. <laughs> I like him. I like him. <laughs> I'm gonna smack both of you. Like, we can keep him. We can keep him. <laughs> oh my god! Both of you are getting it at Guardian Con. <laughs> All right. So, question though, going mm-hmm. off of that whole thing right there, one of the specific ones that I believe we haven't talked about yet, a thousand wings. Mm-hmm. It talks about the demiurge and specifically goes into yep. These yep. are the gods that each of these races serve. Mm-hmm. And I actually posted this tweet in particular not too long ago because I wanted, I very much specifically wanted to look into this. And this is why Green is going to absolutely hate me. Um, the specific sentence referring to the Guardian. Right? Grant a Guardian godly power, and that Guardian shall fashion the perfect rifle. The demiurge of the Guardian is the gun. Mm-hmm. When it talks of the others, the other races that are there, Anytime it mentions something like a physical substance, for instance, the fallen is ether, it redefines it as survival. The demiurge of the cabal is authority. The demiurge of the vex is thought. These are all abstract concepts. When it comes to the guardian, we are given a physical object. What is it? What is a gun for? What is the sole purpose of a gun? Elimination. I mean, to cease life. To, mm-hmm. it's, it's meant to kill. Right. Yeah. Elimination. Well, the demiurge. Mm, I mean, that mm, 
Mm. I'm de- I'm debating how much I'm debating how much I want to argue this because I I kind of agree with you, but I can also see the argument there being it's it's similar to you know the idea of what's the concept of a sword? Is it a, is it mm-hmm. an impre- is it an oppressive tool or is it a defensive tool? It, it it's really it's dependent but on. But there's not really it, there's you can't bl- you can't block with a gun versus a oh, sword. Oh right, no 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 yeah right no 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 I know I was that was a very poor analogy. Yeah. Um, but well, what I meant was is like with that, I get what thing. you're saying is like is are you using it as are you using the gun as a protective a, nature? Right. But in either case, whether it's a defensive measure or whether it is an offensive measure, mm-hmm. the point of the gun is, is to destroy, to cease, yeah. is, yeah, is to destroy it. So then, the demiurge of the guardian is death. Mm-hmm. But we and must when, remember when it, that the demiurge oh, is not the god; it which, is only the thing that converts perfect divine will into imperfect material form. We listen, may wield the demiurge, but if we do, what listen, god Plato. wields us? Listen, it's Ulantan. It's his quote. No, it's also well. I mean, it's it's a playoff it of is. the Platonic concept yeah, of is. the demiurge. It is. Um, the other funny thing too is that if you look at the species that is being listed, or that we have interactions with in Destiny, only two of them play with death in the same vein that the Guardian does, and that's the the Hive and the and the Guardians. Mm-hmm. So the demiurge mm-hmm. of the guardian being death makes perfect sense too, because we are by nature able to use death as a weapon. I mean, geez, we, we use it as a strategy. Our guardians are, are called out in multiple times in different lore entries as using their own death as a way to trick and to through war of attrition, win battles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I think so we're basically personifications of Thanos or Thanatos. Thanatos, not Thanos. Yeah, sorry. I, I was I was thinking Thanatos, and I said, yeah, anyways, my words are fun tonight. <laughs> I mean, it is getting pretty late. Mm-hmm. And so, you had said this was going to be a short episode. Yeah, but then, but then we brought philosophy into it, and right? I, because, just got, I just got distracted. No, I think we all got distracted. There's lots of good stuff we can talk about with this that, unfortunately... Even though the symmetry yeah, yeah. themselves are very small as far as topic wise and lore, the concepts that they talk about can are touch huge. so are huge. much of mm-hmm. destiny. Uh huh. Well, which I is mean, fun. Real quick too, just on that on that idea alone, it's like your question about um, you know, green and I think maybe wicked this might be kind of similar to where you're going, is the mm-hmm. idea of like what if Ulantan's point of danger was the fact that he was calling us out for not being the perfect people that we claim to be and that mm-hmm. we need to balance that. We need mm-hmm. to balance that mm-hmm. seeking of power, that seeking of the gun, the seeking of destruction. We need to balance that out. With, and it's not saying that we need to balance it out with, you know, the creative process, you know, whatever, but it needs to be, it needs to be tempered. We can't, we can't overlook as guardians. We need to be aware of that weakness and overlook the tendency of a guardian to be like, oh, look, a shiny new, you know, Yalahorn, um, and actually think about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think to, to me, that's what, that's what, when you were saying that green, that's what it was standing out to me was the balance that Ulantan actually can, you can argue is being spoken of is actually the balance of the reward system that so often is corrupted by manipulators, whether that is, you know, evil, you know, Oryx or, you know, arguably neutral Marasov, you know, it, but I mean, it is, 
Arguably, have- argue, arguably neutral. <laughs> I use the word arguably. Okay. Um, okay. Jeez. Uh, it's like she is so no, not I don't a even know. I, I don't even know what kind of noise that was. I know it was. It was a more of like I really want to yell at you, but I'm trying to be polite. I'm, um, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna wail and. I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's been, you, you've seen multiple times now where that has been the source of manipulation. Like mm-hmm. that, that is front and center. I mean, even the speaker used it as a manipulative tool because Whoa. that was like, you know, and even Osiris did it with Zer's the vault of glass. I mean, Sir The nine are doing it. it. Yeah. So yeah. again, Sir took a while to do it this week. Good oh, lord! Well, you know, he had he had to find the Suros. They, they he it I wasn't guess. On, it wasn't it's, on the shelf that really they told him was. Yeah. He, it wasn't, it, he didn't bring the right garbage truck. Yeah, remember, his, he's a garbage uh, man. He uh, they said that it was on the shelf to the right, and it was actually on the left. So he he got confused. It's um, hard to see up on top of those shelves when you're back. Yeah, well, oh that's God, why that's... you don't piss off Orin when she has a giant sledgehammer, okay? Speaking of which, we should talk about that at some point on the show, because I think that is a hilarious freaking story. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> don't piss don't off Orin. Don't piss off a titan. A titan. a titan. A titan. I just, I'm I'm more, Whoa. even when they're even when they're super short, apparently. Mm-hmm. She is tiny. She is a tiny. I must admit nothing about Titans. I will not give Dwyer the satisfaction. No. (laughs) But no. So that's what when when you were talking about the the gratification piece of the the Guardians, I was like, you know, that's actually a good um, another Mm -hmm. potential of an uncomfortable conversation that Ulantan kind of forces is can you turn that off in the Guardians (laughs) mind? Or is that is that a temptation, a vice, you know, whatever you want to call it? Is that something that is so intrinsic to our existence that it's just, you know, it would be like asking the hive to stop with the sword logic at this point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with that last one, with the card that with the thousand wings card, do you mm-hmm. would you get the idea that Ulantan believes in this in the in everything that's said here? As far as this is what the Guardian's Demiurge is. The Guardian's Demiurge is the gun. And that, I mean, is, he, that is what we are. He is well, the think, one saying it in this card, for one. But he, he may be so. pursuing it more as a thought uh, thought experiment rather than an actual assertion. Well, so and again, again, I think that that's mm-hmm. also the balance component, right? Is mm-hmm. the, is, again, I think that's his point, is... We wield the Dermy or, yeah, because that last question, right? We may wield it, but if we do, what God wields us? I mean, that's that ties into the entire thing with Oryx and the uh, it does the, the quack quack the, quack gun that I always forget. You know what the, the answer of. is? The quack quack quack. What the what gun? I'm into the, uh, touch of malice, touch of malice. Uh, why the, do you call it the quack? Oh gun? my god, go go. If you have it, go listen to it. It's a quack, 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 Actually, quack, no, quack, that's quack. the one gun I never earned in D1 because I that's, couldn't get past the, the stupid rising. Chattawhite, anyway. Chattawhite, uh, Justin's clan, and us, whenever we ran the, the Taken, it was oh, just man. a, it was a call out. It was like, oh, time for the quack, quack, and it's quack, 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 oh, quack, 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 And all of a sudden you have like six people just on chat going quack, 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 qu
mm-hmm. or the answer to your question, I guess, in which God controls us, it's who is ever mm-hmm. controlling the loot. That's the easy part. Yep. You so, mean the prison of elders? I mean, whoever's in charge of giving us that. Is, is that our, de- the is dreaming that our demiurge, city. though? Yeah, I is, think is, it, is that really what it is? I really is think it. I think it really is, is that even even with Gambit, Gambit and the whole thing going on there, mm-hmm. whoever is in charge of handing us the loot, that is our, our master for that time being. For well, quote I mean, even, even outside of Gambit, you can see that because with Joxer and Rhetorics mm-hmm. uh, and the Drifter, the Drifter completely, and completely buys them off. Uh, Crucible. Within, mm-hmm. Getting so Luna's how, for instance. But why get the weapons? Because it's the, power. it's the power it's that the you pain. want. What? To do what with? To be able to conquer more because well, that's a, what it's we a, are. It's a, We're it's a never ending it's a never ending right. cycle, right? Right. We get we get the powerful weapons well, to make us more powerful. Well, I mean, They're either an end or you prove the sword logic, right? Right. That's right. what. And well, that's what I mean. Is like, but it, so. <laughs> This is this the is other. where again my frustrations spike because it's like for someone who sits down and thinks about that, yes, there is an end, but I can also see the guardian being, you know, going back to the massive tangent on flow. The guardian mm-hmm. is trapped in a state of flow where all they can think of is getting more power. It's just Which, power, 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 power. Like that's just because you see that with Savin. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even just the power. Sometimes, sometimes it's the prestige along with it. Now this is getting a little bit more into um, breaking past the, the the fourth wall a tiny bit, but the emblems. Mm-hmm. People will grunt like the day one raid emblem. So many people they're not even they don't even care about completing the raid for story part. They just want that emblem mm-hmm. for which day is so one. Funny. Which is so funny if you it's, look at my character because my emblem is right. from D one. <laughs> Right, it's, and I on Xbox never, mine, yeah, mine is yeah. always the the lore one on D on my Xbox too. But like right now on PlayStation, I have the heaviest death emblem right, because yeah, I did the Iron Banner grind. Yes, I don't scary. Even, yeah, oh is, yeah, I, she is terrifying. Uh-huh, I didn't. I didn't uh-huh, even have to play I, against her. I just got to listen to her play for it. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. But it's, it's like terrifying. it's not even there's no gun. There's no gun tied to it. It was literally just the the prestige and accomplishment of saying, Hey, I am powerful but, because I went through and suffered through this essentially and accomplished it in that way. It's right. more of a badge of power rather than an actual mode, well, mode of power. See, that's where I as would as our, I would we, I would disagree. Are, I'm okay, not gonna are we I'm arguing not, the definition of defining of my own power no i am i am going to argue that it is not actually power it is power it is just a different manifestation of that power because prestige in a way is social power it's it's power it's just not exactly it's not it's not a military power like a gun but Mm -hmm. in in this kind of ties back into i i can't remember i think it was the character episode that i mentioned the the dichotomies of the paradigms um, mm-hmm. that's actually a very akin to one of those. And that's the fear respect thing. Um, because right. in a fear respect society or fear, fear, power society, sorry. Um, that is, it's never defined that power has to be physical. It's often very hierarchical in the sense of who controls the power or who right. controls an element that is, that is, you know, determined to be 
a power source like you know in in a post-apocalyptic world that's often seen in the presentation of who controls the food flow you know that's that's the most powerful person it doesn't matter who's actually quote unquote in power it's right. who controls that and so mm-hmm. with the with the emblem standpoint it's it's akin to you know a military individual having the the coat of arms or the badge the badge of honor you know the badges that they wear the rank insignias it's it's not that they're yeah it's not that it's not it's not that it's not power god i hate double negatives um Mm -hmm. it's that it's a different flavor of that power you you commandeer that though is that it's only as powerful as you as as others Uh assign it Uh uh-huh yep i mean but that goes back into the concept of perception right i mean Mm -hmm. in in a way you know, in a way, you could say that's true about most uh, physical power, too. You know, weapons essential like weapons are pretty binary. You're either alive uh, or dead. I mean, only if you're playing on the same field and you you there's a lot of ways around weapons that you can. I mean, that's that's the mm-hmm. whole thing. That's what's so fascinating about the hive siblings. Right. Is you have mm-hmm. Oryx, Oryx, who's kind of a, a good medium, but then you have Zivu, who just wants to bludgeon things. But then you have Savathun, who, I mean, I'm not saying that Savathun is weak. It's not that she's weak, but she doesn't use the physical blade. <clears throat> she, she uses her she, intellect. She's a good delegator. Right. But I mean, but, mm-hmm. but that's what I mean is like she, she for, and that's kind of the part of the cunning is she forces them to play on her, her field. They are they are more powerful on their fields, so what they do is they, they make them come to their home turf where they are the strongest. And the same could be said for really anything, is if you can get someone into your home domain, yeah, you're going to have you're going to have a better standing than they are, even with, you know, and I mean, you can see that even in Crucible Green, like even a guardian who, I mean, you guys do this when you do... Uh, uh, one versus ones, Pri- or yeah, whatever. matches. And you stuff you like purposely. That. I mean, I've even seen people do this on stream where they'll purposely go into a crucible match underpowered, or with mm-hmm. a with a specific mm-hmm. like like what was the Kovastov? That stupid Kovastov. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, the before before it became an exotic when it was still this that that green gun mm-hmm. that you know was way way uh-huh. way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They would they would go in. To prove that they could go up against, or no man, or uh, no man's sky, uh, uh, no land beyond. Yeah, that one. God, I don't know why that got stuck as no man's sky. No land I beyond. I love how I'm still on the same wavelength as you, though. Yeah, it's really scary. Um, <laughs> but but what I mean is like that was where that gun kind of got its infamy. Was mm-hmm. it was it was the point was you are so powerful, you are so good that you don't need to have the pinnacle weapon to still right. win. So I mean, in that sense, I would argue that you know it's it's not a binary thing because it's a matter of skill. It's a matter mm-hmm. of map knowledge. You know, map mm-hmm. knowledge. Map knowledge for PvP. I, I still argue map knowledge is better than any mechanic weapon. I mean, that um, was the whole point of the heaviest death emblem mm-hmm. being and going in at a. Gosh. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you had to go in a hundred below, right? Well, you had to be in a at least a tier below where everybody's where the people you were killing were red barred essentially for you. Mm. And so um, what ended up happening, at least the way that I managed to do it a little bit easier, is that not only would I dump my my light level down the hundred points using the burden uh, talisman essentially, I would also put on a level two hundred helmet 
So Fired. that would put me at um, 530 to people 600 and 700. So I would be 180 points down or 170 points down from everybody. Right. And at, my, at, and at the most. Yeah, you still, you still got the emblem though. Oh God. After like probably way more hours than my wife would love to right. admit and, I did. And I, and I mean, I, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, I'm mm-hmm. not saying anything about that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that the point, my point there is that that proves that just because you have a good gun doesn't mean that you're going to win. Right. Cause right. You, there's so many different dynamics going into, I mean, that's, and that's true in reality as well. I mean, that's the basis of modern warfare. I would argue is just because you have better equipment doesn't mean you're going to necessarily win an engagement. That's true. No, but it does. Sure as heck. No, oh, it helps. It helps. I'm not going to argue. I am not saying it doesn't help. I'm just saying it's not a guarantee. It's like it's not like yeah. you know you're you can yeah. I, was, mm-hmm. I, I yes, it helps immensely <laughs> to have equipment that works. Yes, it does do that. Mm-hmm. It does. Budget cuts. Mm-hmm. Budget cuts. <laughs> What? And then you have people controlling the bullet right. flow of everybody else, and it just makes it all messy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a reference to Wicked. He actually deals in bullets in the military. Yeah. <gasps> if you're a bullet dealer, mm-hmm. bullet farmer, technically. Mm. That's 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 the that's the slang term they use for my MOS. We we uh, throw bullets on the ground, and then we make new ones appear from nowhere. Mm-hmm. So we they just say we plant them. We should no, do shoutouts. Alrighty. Blue, do you want to start shout out? Uh, no. Okay, wicked. Your turn. Well, <laughs> oh, nice to turn turn that one on me. Um, let's see. Welcome to the chat. Right. I definitely want to give a shout out to Hydra. Uh, the our clan has definitely brought me together with some amazing people, Green obviously included, and. Uh, because of those people introduced me to some amazing people as well. Uh, the chat definitely for egging me on and uh, <laughs> providing me with some nice, wonderful warm Z hugs before the show. Hmm. Um, and then I actually had it pulled up earlier, but the uh, I'm having a brain fart on it right now. I can't remember the freaking name. The Guardian group that, or the group of Guardians that work with Guardian Con as far as providing for the mentally... Uh, oh, uh, the Guardian uh, Project. Challenges. Yeah, Guardian Project used, to, used be to be called... Saint 14 Project. Saint 14 Project, yep. Yes. I have the, I have one so, of their OG pins. I love that icon. Yeah, that they so I'm, I'm part of their Discord, and the, they've just been seeing some of the wonderful things that they've been doing for people. has just mm-hmm. been absolutely amazing, and seeing, seeing their successes and seeing their... Uh, their videos as far as just talking through people's problems it does a really good job of just trying to help people get back on the right track. And I know specifically in the social media realm, uh, there's a lot of negative feelings and there's a lot of uh, kind of a, a need to refocus and to re-energize yourself with good feelings. And they definitely do a good job of helping you to recenter yourself. So I definitely want to give a shout out to them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Blue, are you ready next or do you want me to go? You can go. I don't really have any this week, so. Okay. Um, my shout out goes to the various streams that are raising money. We're into the final month before Guardian Con, and streams, mm. um, charity streams are really kind of gearing up. 
in full swing now. The marathon streams are going on. Mixer has its own group of uh, streamers doing it. I know that Lady Desiree, a friend of the show, is part of that. Be sure to hop in and be in chat if you can. If you can donate, awesome. If you can't donate, can't be in chat, spread the word. Help build up the just kind of the hype around this and building us up to be able to help these kids out with um, St. Jude. I know that um, a few different guardians that I have personally met have had impact, had been impacted from St. Jude itself on a very personal level and that it really does help. Every little dollar helps. And last year they raised a ton of money this year. If we can bust that and just make history once again that would be amazing yeah so they have your eyes peeled for it they have progressively Mm -hmm. beaten each each year they make they have strides and yeah i I would i would double down on that saint saint jude's is one of the few things that it's really one of those Mm -hmm. those it's it's one of those organizations that regardless of you know political religious whatever opinions you have they actually do back up what they they actually do what they say they're going to do right um they mm-hmm. they are they're just they're an amazing organization um and i think that that is actually what makes me completely okay with doing pretty much supporting everything they do is because they actually do not um if if you're an individual who has to go there you know they they do actually completely not charge you um and i think that in today's world is i don't think that can be can be praised high enough it's very it's, rare mm-hmm. it's it's very rare and it's also i i, I mean yeah I, I can't i can't give enough credit to that organization for that feature alone not 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 non-withstanding the other stuff that they do that's amazing but that right. feature alone to me is is just yeah um so my sister actually used to work for a hospital in wichita that would do the same thing mm-hmm and that mm-hmm. hospital got bought out and is now um, privatized and does not give away as much services as it used to. Mm-hmm. So the fact that St. Jude still manages to do it on such a grand scale yeah. is an incredible, amazing feat that they're able to manage it. And it's only because of the um, contributions from various people, um, large and small. Yeah, I was about to say, and that's, I mean, that's that's a testament almost as much to the the organization as it is to the people supporting it because yes, it is. it's i mean mm-hmm. you you are 100 i think you're 100 percent correct is the only reason that they're able to do it is because people keep helping and i mm-hmm. think to to anything else you know that kind of ties into you know wicked what you're saying with like the whole social media environment you know being what it is it's like yeah you mm-hmm. have you have the darkness that is sometimes social media but then you know you look up and you see that and it's like you know I find it hard There's not to have yeah I find it hard not to have some faith restored because of what you see with that mm-hmm. um yeah okay. which yeah even in the darkness there is light um but yeah so hey it's like I have a tattoo about that <gasps> <laughs> look ulantan um <laughs> I'm going to get smashed so bad with yeah uh, you are. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys. She she has like one of the little the little uh, clicker counter. She has a clicker counter. It's like tick tick Mm -hmm. tick 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 tick. It's either at a certain level. I just sick Anna on you. No, that's even more terrifying. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, and yeah, hope you guys are having a great week and hope you guys will have a great week next week. Bye. Bye guys. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.